Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 146 of Dude and a Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I have... Ian Loring, hello. Hello, people. Uh, we are on video yet again. Um, I hope you're enjoying the uh, YouTube channel. There's been uh, quite a few bits up this week. Uh, another excellent episode of Let's uh, Forget Physical. Um, I made my uh, YouTube debut uh, with the uh, look at all my shit. Um, which which kind of left uh, embarrassing with some of the uh, appalling DVDs that were in that box. Um, Solid. There was some strange ones. That thumbnail of, of me just staring at the back of uh, Killing Me Softly was very yes. <laughs> very apt when that one came up. It was like, oh, that, that that's the one I'm using then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it also gave me a bit of an idea of sort of stuff that I, I should watch over the next uh, coming weeks from going, oh. I forgot about that. Um, so, yes, I hope people are, in, are enjoying that. And obviously, we've still got a podcast running alongside of that. Uh, in this show, we have it's a standard show. So, we've got trailer talk, uh, if either of us have watched any. Uh, <laughs> then, we're going to uh, review uh, Goosebumps, uh, the, uh, well, the uh, R.L. Stein based kind of a plan, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we do some what we've been watching. I've actually watched shitloads this week. Uh, oh, nice. And it, it, it's, it's been a, a really a really good week, actually. I've watched some really good films. Uh, nothing new, but a lot of old stuff. But I've only watched stuff um, that I have on iTunes, actually, uh, funnily enough. Ah. I decided that that would kind of like narrow my uh, wheelhouse down. What's this bollocks? Sorry. Right, what? yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> What's <Sorry>. happened? <laughs> I, I, I was on tr- tr- Trailer Addict to see if I'd actually seen any trailers, which I hadn't, and something just started auto-playing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, the other motherfucker when that happens. Yeah, so, um, so I, I've got quite a bit to talk about. I hope Ian will have some bits to talk about there as well. In fact, I know he's got at least one film that he really enjoyed to talk about, uh, which I'm looking forward to hearing about. Um, and then if we've got any questions or any feedback or anything like that, we'll get to that as well. I don't think we currently do, but who knows what will happen during the, during the recording of the show. Uh, Ian, anything else to add? Is there anything uh, happened, I suppose, that we need to talk about? I don't think there has, hasn't there? No, not really. No, no. It's, pretty no, it's, been, a, it's been a fairly quiet kind of week. No one's got outraged about something. So uh, that's, that's always pleasant. Always pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so without further ado, Ian, uh, have you seen any trailers this week? Because I've seen one. No. <laughs> no, I've seen one. Uh, I watched the trailer uh, to uh, Don Cheadle's upcoming um, Miles Davis biopic, Miles Ahead, uh, which he, I think he's written, directed, and he's, he's starring playing Miles Davis himself. Directed, yeah. yeah. yeah um, do you know what? Miles Davis doing a, uh, a, a, a Miles Davis, Don Cheadle doing a Miles Davis biopic, uh, I was, the only thing I was worried about was what's the voice going to be, because Don Cheadle's one of those actors who, he's great, unless he tries to do a voice and then it, it kind of it all crumbles and falls apart uh, the trailer looks fantastic it looks like they're trying to make a really kind of mad cat cool looking movie um, about Miles Davis because Miles Davis was a little bit mad but was also incredibly fucking cool uh, in fact his nickname was The Cool um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that um, you know you got you McGregor along there as well and the fact that it's it, it definitely seems like it's it, it's a passion project because he's directed it and I think he's actually written it as well or co-written it at the, very, at the very least so these passion projects even if they don't turn out to be fantastic there's usually sort of an interest in there because somebody's given it and gone right you know what I'm going to put all these this into that uh, and that's pretty cool and Don Cheadle's you know he's actually a fairly decent Acts like I say when he puts his mind to it, he's not just doing the usual kind of the Ocean's Eleven voice, I suppose. Or uh, there's a couple of other ones where he's done accents and you've gone, 
Uh, but other than that, I, I, I've not watched any trailers. I think there'll be a lot of post uh, Super Bowl stuff out next week. I'm guessing um, with you know it being Super Bowl Sunday today. Um, so, so yeah. So I'm guessing next week we might have more to talk. But there really, I, I did have a check uh, earlier today, and there really hasn't really been that much. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah, no. It's I, I think it's been a pretty quiet one. I think. I think maybe the first born footage, uh, like Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass returning one, should be on the Super Bowl tonight. Maybe I mean by the time this is out, we'll know. But yeah, no, quiet one this week for sure. Yeah, cool. Right, uh, so we'll get on. Um, feature review today is Goosebumps, uh, directed by uh, Rob Letterman, uh, but starring Jack Black um, and a, a bunch of kind of younger actors who have probably appeared in something on fucking Nickelodeon or something like that that we don't know about. Um, story is um, Zach Cooper uh, and his mother move uh, to Delaware from New York City um, you've got that kind of fish out of water kid moving from a big city into a, a, a smaller city um, but he, he notices a neighbour next door and it's a, an attractive looking girl starts sort of forming a bit of a, a bit of a friendship there but she's got a very overprotective uh, dad uh, the dad turns out to be um, R.L. Stein uh, they go into his house and essentially end up opening one of the books and when one of the books ha- opens, you get a weird kind of Jumanji-style thing, and the uh, book essentially comes to life. Uh, and this is because of R.L. Stein and his magic typewriter. Uh, anything he types kind of actually comes to being. Uh, it's a clever way, I suppose, of, of doing the Goosebumps books rather than focusing on one particular book and trying to make a whole story of that, because there's an entire fucking series of that. It's called Goosebumps, <laughs> and there's, there's loads of them. And they're actually really quite entertaining, a lot of the Goosebumps. What is it? I think they're actually available on Netflix uh, if people want to watch them um, it's a really sort of clever way of doing it so Ian uh, what did you think because I watched this a couple of weeks ago uh, what did you what did you think about it yeah I was doing a Friday night with Donna um, I enjoyed it yeah um, I I have a couple I, I have a couple of reservations but it's a pretty yeah like you say it's a pretty smart way of doing it and it the whole bringing Stein into it gives a nice kind of meta feel to it. And some of the most enjoyable moments I thought were Jack Black as Stein kind of commenting on himself. Or <laughs> like the, like the, one of my favorite exchanges was uh, the, the nerdy kid. Yeah. Like Stein saying, like, I've sold 400 million um, copies and he's like worldwide, no domestic. That's still really impressive. You know? <laughs> yeah. he, um, <laughs> and and it, it, his whole kind of like rivalry with Stephen King thing, like, yeah, you know that that I mean it's it's great, and it, that stuff I I think is more for for adults, but yeah. it's not just like adult humor or anything like that. It it is I I I, it, it, I I don't know. It is just something for the adults. It's not like you know with like DreamWorks animations and stuff. Stuff you get like double entendres and yeah. kind of like slightly more racy stuff kind of wrapped up. That's not what this is doing. This is very much a family film. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 we'll go to what you thought, I mean, I, I do have some reservations, but I did like it overall for sure, yes. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. When I first, um, I spoke about a trailer a while ago uh, on the podcast, and when I saw that they made a Goosebumps um, movie, I didn't know anything about it before I watched the trailer. Uh, and so I had Jack Black and I thought, oh, this is going to be... Wondering which sort of stories they're going to take, and they're going to take a couple and do it like that. Um, and I, I've read quite a few of the Goosebumps uh, books because Isabel had a load of them, and I just ended up kind of picking them up and kind of reading them because you can blast through them, you know, the quick quick reads. Um, 
and, and kind of really enjoyed them, to be honest. And then when I saw the trailer, I, I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit shitty and it seems a little bit mid-budget and everything like that. And then after the trailer, I sort of thought, you know what? I, I want to watch that right now, which is what a trailer should do. It's a great way, it's a great thing for a trailer to do. Um, so I was actually really quite looking forward to it. Um, and then when I watched it, what I was hoping for was just a really kind of fun kind of... Uh, um, punchy and zippy kind of hour and 40 odd minutes hour and a half and that's pretty much exactly what you get really it's um, there's a decent amount of action a good build Jack Black looks to be having an absolute fucking blast uh, as R.L. Stein he brings that that kind of Jack Blackiness I suppose is the best way to describe it which was always going to be sort of the ambit there is Jack Black was you know he'd been around for years before he actually kind of arrived and became a, a star. And then he, he burned incredibly bright for like a few years where he was he could do no wrong. And then he, he kind of took himself away from everything a little bit and kind of sedated himself down and has kind of come back. And it's, it is very much like, well, he can't do what he did in the early to mid-noughties anymore because there he was kind of like a, 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 a early sort of mid-thirties and he had that kind of aesthetic. And doing that now in your mid-forties would, would, would be a bit it'd be wrong. So it was strange to see how, how that transference would come across. And it comes across really well. He's, he's still fun. And you start to remember, do you know what? It isn't just because he bursts into a song and he goes crazy and he goes, bah! like he does in, uh, for instance, something like um, High Fidelity. It isn't just that that's funny about Jack Black. He's actually got great comedic timing and a great kind of change of pace and change of levels that comes across really well in this. And then you have slightly more... It builds up to quite a quite a crescendo, really. Um, it went a lot bigger than I was expecting towards the end, which I kind of... I enjoyed... Um, it's very kind of fucking mailed in, you know. You once they got to a certain point, once they got to the fairground, you know that that's where the climax, of the movie is going to be, and then you are a little bit like, hang on a minute, there's just a fucking fairground here that nobody else fucking comes to. If that fairground was in my city or my town, all the fucking kids would be there every fucking night. Um, it wouldn't be your special place; it'd be everybody's fucking special place. Um, but then again, you've also got to wind back and go, "Oh yeah, but we're actually watching a movie for kids." So fucking, you know, look at that point of view from it. Yeah, no, I, that's that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I I wasn't a massive fan of the third act, to be honest. It. I, it felt weirdly low stakes. It felt all a, bl- a little bit too easy. Um, I, I, I didn't. I yeah, didn't I can see quite that. Get the sense. Of, I didn't quite get the sense of peril. In in all honesty, um, even though I, I think that that's kind of exacerbated by the fact that the lead kid I thought was very very bland. I mean, the the girl doesn't get a lot to do, but I thought she played it well enough. And the nerdy kid's fine. Yeah. And the supporting cast are all decent, but I found the lead kid just seemed like generic, like he, he, lead. He, he's cut late, out, like late teens actor number six three two. Yeah, he is. And that the problem is that's what they they kind of produce. He is he's so incredibly stage school. It's untrue. And, and when you've got and when you've got you, you know you're having to go up against Jack Black, who is keeping it fairly low energy here um but it's still it's still jack black you know and the nerdy kid is like there he i don't know he's kind of bouncing off of that i thought he had more chemistry with the nerdy kid which is a which is a problem you know um 
I didn't particularly care about the lead kids. And if there's a goosebumps to, I would, I would be fine with the lead kid not returning and it being Jack Black unleashing shit somewhere else or with other people at least. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, Jack Black's also Slappy, um, who is brilliant. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's he's a really fun villain. Um, I, I I don't know. It's just like towards the end where you've got the cavalcade of monsters and stuff, it, it, it does feel a bit like they're just checking the boxes for the fans, which is fine. Because, again, yeah. we're not the fucking target audience here. Yeah. It's just, it's a really, really, really clever, pre- uh, clever premise. And when it's on this film is on pretty hardcore like the garden gnome like fight in the kitchen is terrific (laughs) yeah yeah and um jack black like walking into the state that the into the school when it's a production of the shining is all set up you know i mean it's that that stuff's great it it just the third act doesn't i i I don't know because you've got the second act and it's a lot of stuff in the school and then it moves to the fairground and it's almost like can we not just get some siege shit going on in the school or something, and no, you got to go to the fairground and yeah, I, I I don't know. It just I I dropped out of it in the last twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see why you know you, you could do it. It does. It, it feels at, at points like it's almost chasing its tail a little bit towards towards the end. Like it's mm. it's trying to catch up with itself more than anything else, and it's it's. It builds up really well. The opening's really well, really well done, and sort of, you've got a, a nice sort of middle act where it brings in, where it establishes. Look, these are these are the you know we're going to see a lot of like you say uh, the cavalcade of carrots there, but it very much sort of says, look, these are the main ones we're going to pick out, and these are the main ones that we're going to give you um, because if we throw too much at it and we give you too much, and they go, well, now they're fighting these guys, now they run away from these guys, then it'd just be a little bit that'd be too fucking much. Um, so what you get there is you get that, and then it does feel like they're, they're rushing a little bit towards the end i felt a little bit like almost like the like the end was kind of the idea of the end was written but not the actual the way it happened was written and it, it kind of felt a little bit like it was kind of well we'll, we'll work the ending out a little bit youthy i mean it's like yeah i mean it's like i don't get like i i didn't really see any justification for how the kid was suddenly able to just write write the story and was like on the same level as Stein. I, I never really got a sense that that kid was that way inclined. Yeah, that he, he plays that. it so generic, like lead kid number whatever. You know, uh, so I, I, if the nerdy kid was doing that, I'd believe that. Oh shit! Um, Hello, I'm back again, guys. We had a brief break there um, because Ian's Ian had to speak to his in-laws because um, they're on holiday and it's it's Ian's uh, father-in-law's birthday. So yes, happy birthday, sixty-eight. Well, so. yeah. Ah, is that the reason for the trip to Brazil? No, just do it because they're retired and fuck it. Why not? Have a decent <laughs> pension. So yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, fucking why not? That's a, that's a kind of a plan, that. Uh, cool. So, yeah, we were just, uh, I think we were just coming to the close of Goosebumps, I think, weren't we? we yeah, were about- yeah, pretty much. Uh, definitely not shit. I had my problems, yeah. but I had a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that was, that was it. It was a it was a, kind of a surprise movie, really, I, I think. And I was surprised at, at how enjoyable it, it was, really. It's, it's, it's nice that we still get kind of like those, those mid-level live-action uh, movies for kids as well that aren't just kind of dark and based on a essentially like a young adult novel like you know a lot of the stuff that we get where they're all sort of trying to be franchise builders I mean this is going to get a sequel sequel is 
uh, in the works, apparently. Um, but you don't know with that. I, I could see it in one of those ones where the sequel's in the works for too long and then ends up not happening. Yes. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's made a very good amount of money, I think. Um, it made... You know, a decent amount domestically. It broke 100 million domestically, uh, and it's it's only just sort of come out. I think it's only just sort of come out over here, and I think it's got a few other reasons to do. So you know, we'll it'll we'll see what fun. happens there. Yeah, it'll it'll easily it'll probably clear 150 million. So that's, that's pretty fucking good going for that that kind of, that type of movie that's only got sort of I think 40 50 million dollars. Yeah, yeah, um, trying to find profit. Yes. Uh, so Ian, uh, what have you been watching this week? Okay. Yeah. So. Um... I checked out, they randomly put on previews uh, this weekend for Zoolander 2. Um, so we're doing Deadpool next week, so figured I may as well talk about this now. So I watched Zoolander last night and then watched Zoolander 2 today. Um, Zoolander, I think, still it's still very funny. It's amazing how dated it is. It's... And that's, that should be that sh- it should be dated based on what it's actually about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does make sense. And it, to be fair, this feels like it will be dated in a few years' time as well. So you know, it, it's kind of consistent in that way. But Zoolander two. So the plot at the start of the film, if you've seen the trailer, this isn't a spoiler. But at the start of the film, Justin Bieber is murdered by an unknown assailant, and um, uh, it, it basically it's part. And pop stars have been murdered, all doing the same look. Yeah. And Penelope Cruz plays uh, a member of the fashion Interpol, um, (laughs) who enlists the help of Zoolander, who has been in hiding um, since... uh, This happens in, like, the first ten minutes of the film, so... Uh, it's revealed that two days after the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good and Want to Do Other Stuff Good too, um, w- basically collapsed because <laughs> it turned out that it was uh, Zoolander ordered it to be built from the same materials that the model <laughs> version. Uh, oh, what a brilliant idea! Built out of. Um, and um, his wife is killed uh, by a giant book falling on her face which means that he or he, he not only doesn't like books but he also doesn't like facebook because it reminds him <laughs> uh which is great um and yeah so he's gone into hiding in the same incident um hansel also had um his face disfigured and so he was uh basically he's left the modeling industry and he now lives with an orgy of uh, so it, it's a variety of people, including an elf woman um, and a mystery person. Who um, there's a pregnancy storyline involving someone, which is just the weirdest fucking thing. It's amazing. I'm not going to say who though. It's great. Um, so yeah, Penelope Cruz basically enlists the both of them after they're um, invited back into the fashion world by. Kristen Wiig's character, who plays this like insanely botoxed German designer, um, who you can't really understand much of what she's saying, and it's amazing. Um, and uh, basically, Zoolander and Hansel have to go back into the fashion world to kind of work out why all these pop stars are being killed off and and doing a look that is one of Zoolander's looks, essentially. Um, this film is nuts. <laughs> it's awesome. I really, really, really liked it. 
Um, I know it's not getting universal praise, but it basically feels like Stiller just went, fuck it, (laughs) and really went for it. And, you know, you would not be able to guess the climax of this film for all the tea in China. Like, the, the... what is happening is mental. Um, and how it gets there in its own weird way makes complete sense. It like the first film in comparison has a really straightforward plot. And considering that film was fashion models being induced into killing world leaders so that the fashion industry could save costs. You know, that's already bizarre enough. This is straight up batshit. And it's... Sort of gone for it then. It's awesome. I, like, there wasn't a lot of laughter in my screening, in fairness, but it's because it's really weird. Ah, so it, it, it wasn't it wasn't funny as such. It's more that it's. Oh, I, I laughed. Are you laughing? I, la- just... I laughed. A sh- I laughed a shitload. Ah, so that, that's that's it's often great when that happens. Though, when you get a movie where you realise, sort of, when you stop laughing, you realise, shit, am I the only person laughing in here? Oh, and I, that's I, a magnificent feeling. Sometimes couldn't give a fuck. I yeah. was having a ball. Um, yeah, and and the the good the good thing is a lot of it has been hidden from the marketing. But, I mean, the Benedict Cumberbatch bit, thats he's in one more bit, but that's essentially it for him. Yeah. Kristen Wiig isn't in it a lot. Uh, it is mainly Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Penelope Cruz, um, and like in the, in the second half of the film, Will Ferrell plays a really big part. Um, and, and again, as Mogatu, he is fantastic. Um it, the thing is, you can't really talk about it, and, and you know, and it's like it, the, it's weird. The, the reviews is st- are still embargoed, but well, I suppose it's, it, it's not actually setting out until next weekend, is it? No, so, no uh, in the US as well. But they've done previews this weekend. I, I like I maybe to get word of mouth out. But if they're doing that, why don't they just let the reviews drop as well? Maybe I get a word of mouth out before the reviews drop. If the reviews of seemingly being pretty negative or anything like that. I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe it might be because Deadpool is looking to do really well, so maybe they're thinking we kind of need to maybe boost our opening numbers by having a couple of extra days because yeah. Deadpool is tracking so well. I mean, it's Deadpool has completely taken over the current film conversation away away from Zoolander two. Yeah, it seems strange. It seems strange because, let's be honest, there's a there's a bit of a crossover in, in the audience that these two films totally. are going to hit. Mm. It, it seems strange. You think that maybe they maybe delay. Maybe it's bad programming. Really, Zoolander could have could quite easily have come out a week before or a week after. Uh, I mean, what would have been wrong with releasing Zoolander this week? Super you know, Bowl. Was, Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it. Really, you know. So. You know, the week after, what have you got? There's the there's, there's triple nine. I think that's it. You know, that, that they ain't got fucking audience crossover, really, have they? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 weird. The timing of it is odd, and it kind of already feels like it's going to get drowned out. And that's a shame. I mean, the, fir- the the first one didn't do very well either, but it was in the aftermath of nine eleven, and it opened the same weekend as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in the US. I remember that. Fuck, did it? Yeah, yeah. So it... Fuck, it, I, I can't... It, it, it's weird to compute those two films the same age. 
Yeah, no, I know totally. But I mean, like they completely ate each other's audience. So it, it's that that that's the thing. Like Zoolander became a cult thing. Yeah, but it's a but the thing is, it's a much better sequel than Anchorman Two. I like Anchorman Two, but that is kind of just trying. It's trying to do the same thing again. There are moments of this that are trying to do that. But whereas the first one was just sending up like the fashion industry, this is just not. It, this is just nuts. Yeah, and I, I it, like the Owen Wilson pregnancy storyline is um, just amazing. Just the, uh, the the person they've got in to have heartfelt conversations about starting, a, like perhaps becoming a father and starting a family. It's amazing. Um, I like, I just, it, oh, yeah. Uh, I, it, it like, so yeah, I, it, it's, it made me laugh throughout. It also, it looks really good. Um, it's, like the, it's still, it's still a director. Yeah. 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 It was supposed to be Justin Theroux, but I, I like still kind of like took it on, but, um, yeah, I mean, I throw out a hand in the screenplay and he is back in this as well. He was the is kind he? of the, he was like the raster english dj in the first one and he's back yeah. here um and again he, he's only got a couple of major scenes but he's very very funny in it there's a lot of returning players here a lot yeah and it's well it's that's, great. the thing is the first film was you know they, they were all everyone involved were all like a little bit of a group they were they were friends so it's quite easy to bring that group back i think you know when when you know they've not essentially been cast and hired actors and oh well he's been cast and he's been cast and you try to drag all these people back it's with doing two under two you're gonna be in it are you yeah of course I'm. you know that yeah. that'll have been it that'll have been the, the, the that'll have been how they pitched it to, to will ferrell was we've got to do under two brilliant when we film it it would have been can you do it it'll yeah. just be accepted that he was gonna do it i mean yeah no absolutely i mean i would I'd watch a third one tomorrow. Um, I like. Cool. I, I just. I. I. I'm very on board. And Penelope Cruz, very, 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 very hot in this. Very. Well, she's stunning anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Totally, she is. But it, like, just very, very, very hot. Um, so yeah, Zoolander two. I personally, I'm gonna say better than the first one. Um, I think it's. I think it's one of the great comedy sequels, but comedy is so 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 subjective. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like I've been I've been having text conversations with Brad because he hated it, <laughs> like with a passion, hated it. Said like it's not the same Stiller who made the first one. It just he he thought it felt lazy. I don't think the shit that happens in this film you can call lazy. It it's just. It's bizarre uh, and it's awesome. So there you go. I, I, I yeah. I, I just something like a good time with it at least. Yeah, I had a great time. I had a really, really, really good time with it. But if you don't, fair play. But me, if there's a funnier comedy this year for me, that would be awesome. Nice, nice. It's, it's set the bar really high for the year for me. Yeah. Good. Cool. Um, so I've only, I've actually only got two more after Zoolander um, and Zoolander yeah. 2, so you, you go ahead for a bit, but Cool, uh, I'll rattle off the few then that, um, like I said, I've watched quite a bit, um, rewatched Pretty in Pink, uh, the other night, cause, why not, um, 
Becky, Becky's never been a fan of Pretty in Pink, and there's a reason why. It's because she doesn't like the dress that she makes at the end. She thinks it looks like a sack. So, um, <laughs> so it's always put her off. But then I, she actually said, um, do you know what? Because I, I, I bought it off, off iTunes, I think it was 4 99 at one point. Um, and so it was sat there, and, and she said, oh, we're going through sort of films, and I, I said, well, we're, I'm going to try and limit us to just watching the stuff we've got on iTunes for the next week or so, just because then we're not spending 45 minutes trying to fucking pick something, and we've got 20 odd films there, bang, there we go. And she said, oh, out of what we've got, I don't mind giving Pretty and Pink another go. I never need another excuse to watch Pretty and Pink, I adore the movie. So, watch Pretty and Pink. Still, it still stands up as a wonderful, um, as a wonderful kind of um, teen movie. Uh, it, it's a strange movie, Pretty and Pink, because when you watch it, when you're before you're the age they are, uh, if you if you're young enough to have been able to do that, um, if you watch it before the age you are, you kind of you look forward to that being that age, and then when you watch it, sort of when you're around that age up until kind of your mid twenties, you kind of you sympathise with those with the characters. Um, you know, you go from the aspiring to be those characters to kind of sympathising with the whole the emotion things and everything like that, and then when you hit the age that, that we are now where we've got kids that are closer to that age well I have anyway you don't but um, we've got kids closer to that age or you know you, you've got that within your life um, you start to empathise uh, with the characters and you start to look at it from a different point of view and so whereas you know there's those points where previously you go well, I don't know why they do that or anything like that you're looking at it going well that's because they're kids and that's how kids react to why these things are so big it's like because everything emotions are new when you're a kid uh, even when you're you know you're a late teens emotions are still a fucking new thing and life's still essentially a new thing you just get every stage is getting to be a new thing and then you get to sort of you get to when you're in sort of you know your 30s life starts to stop being, everything isn't as new, everything's, you're looking back and you're experiencing sort of new things through your kids or, or whatever, and so you're watching their reactions to what's new, and that's where your whole empathy thing comes, it's where your worldview changes, I know you've, you've mentioned it, I don't know, uh, we spoke about it um, with with Noel uh, before, about how much your sort of worldview changes when you, when you have kids, because you start looking at it, not from your point of view, from their point of view. So it's quite strange watching Pretty in Pink as, as from that point of view. And uh, Becky's actually kind of come to terms with it. She still doesn't like the dress, still thinks it looks like a sack. It should have at least something like a bow or a belt or something around it. Um, but yeah, so there was that. And it, it, it's it, in the kind of fucking 2016 year we've had so far, um, where celebrities just seem to be, on and, and legends essentially just seem to be fucking dying, every time you watch Harry Dean Stanton in something, which is quite a fucking lot, yeah, yeah. You, you look at it going, oh, he's going to die at some point, and it's going to be pretty fucking soon, let's be honest, because he, you know, he doesn't eat a lot from his documentary, apparently he just likes smoking, that's the reason why he stays alive, because he can still smoke. Um, and you look at that and you go, shit, well, there's a fucking legend that's going to that's gonna go. Um, I know as well, Pretty in Pink gives us um, James Spader playing just a fucking total douchebag, which he was fantastic at. He was like the, the great 80s douchebag. Um, and he's wonderful in this. So I watched, I watched Pretty in Pink. Um, also rewatched uh, Fast and Furious because Isabel said she wanted to watch the Fast and Furious films. Nice. So I was like... Yeah, don't have a good excuse to do that. Uh, we spoke about it not too long ago. We reviewed uh, Fast 7 and we did our, our, our marathon, so probably about a year ago, actually, that we spoke about it. Um, still, I think one of the best moments in that movie is where um, Ted Levine won't let somebody give Paul Walker a cigarette. 
It's like, no, give me a cigarette. It's like, no, you quit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it's such a strange moment to have in the film because it has no bearing on anything at all. And he doesn't get a cigarette. And it's not mentioned that he's, what is it, or anything like that. Aren't they, like, really obsessed with iced cappuccinos and stuff? <laughs> yeah, the cappuccino machine yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, there's just these really weird inflections in it. And it's just, that movie's one of those fucking strange movies. It, it, it's, the, it's one of the ultimate ITV2 movies. Um, and it, it just, the more you watch it, the more it just gets fantastic. It just gets better. It's did, such an entertaining movie. Did you see this week that they formally announced the next three and the release yeah. dates for them? And like, the, so Fast 10 is going to be out in 2021. So we would have actually have had 20 years of Fast 20 and Furious films. 20 years of Fast and Furious films. That's mental. Uh, yeah, it is. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's mad. But fucking great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah, really happy yeah, about I, another. I, I'll, I'll happily take... If the next three are anywhere near as entertaining as the previous three, fuck, I'll happily take another sort of, what, six years of that. I, oh, it's just, oh god, I used to hate them. I used, like, I... But they've, 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 they've won people around by just being thoroughly entertaining, which is a, a great thing to say. I think it's a case of getting over myself as well, in my case, like, frankly. I just, like, I think, like, I was in the kind of the mid-twenties, kind of being a bit of a dick about, like, meathead action films. And, yeah, even though, I mean, like, Fast and Furious, I remember particularly hating, and that film is not good. But... It, you know, it, it just, I don't know, like you say, the last three, they have really managed to pull their shit together. And it kind of feels like now, it's almost like Marvel, where even if they're not amazing, there's going to be a consistent level of quality. Yeah. Yeah, they, they will, I don't think they'll allow themselves to make a shit one. They'll make sure everything's on fucking point and on that yeah. before they fucking make it. And I was having a conversation not too long ago, um, before Christmas with somebody uh, who I didn't actually, I was, I was out a few drinks with, with some friends. I didn't know one of the guys too well there and I was talking about films and somebody asked me about the fact, yes, you know, Fast 7, whatever it's called. Uh, and I said, it was, yeah, it, it was really entertaining and he started going on about, oh shit, it wasn't anything like this. And I thought, oh, you're going to be that dick, are you? And then he said about Fast 5, I think it is, where with the, the safe and the dragon yeah, yeah, yeah. safe behind. And he started going on about the physics behind it. And I was, I just said, well, do you know what? Right, if you're obsessing about the physics behind that particular instance, you are completely missing the fucking point. Yeah. They're dragging a fucking safe yeah. through the middle of Brazil. Yeah. You don't care about the physics. It looks fucking cool. Yeah. End of. Um... Rewatched uh, this is where I leave you uh, because uh, Bex wanted to give it a go. I, I still think it's an entertaining movie. Uh, the Sean Levy one, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really sort of low key. Um, every, all performances are fantastic. Um, Adam Driver comes in uh, and absolutely steals it. Uh, he's 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 brilliant. Um, didn't know he used to be a fucking marine. That's insane. Adam Driver, yeah, yeah, yeah I read that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, he comes in and, and just steals it. It's a really understated movie, but. Um, entertaining it, 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 it's fucking we watched it on a I think on Thursday night it is an ultimate Thursday night movie it's, it's such a Thursday night movie um, so yeah, yeah I'll I'll do one more and then I'll let you uh, go back and do a couple of yards because I've still got like another one two three four five or six uh, I know it's fucking right. mad uh, rewatched uh, Say Anything last night thought I'll continue this 80s kind of kick thing that I've got going on um, uh, so we watched Say Anything last night. It's again, it, it's not a huge thing, but it's Cameron Crowe doing Hughes essentially. Um, 
John Cusack, uh, when he was ridiculously charming and ridiculously entertaining and everybody, you know, girls liked him and guys wanted to be his mate and everything like that before he had that weird hair thing that he's got now that you don't quite know if it's real hair and it just looks weird or if it's like a Lego man thing and he's got a point in his head and he just sticks it on yeah, on a morning yeah. uh, and then just sort of rags on people on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, if I can say anything, it's a, it's a great introduction to Cameron Crowe. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's say anything. It's iconic because of a certain scene that actually really has no bearing in the entire fucking movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I watched that. So I'll, I'll let you cut through a few more of yours and then we'll, we'll come back. Uh, yeah, so like I say, I've only got two more and uh, one of them was Mean Streets. So I don't know whether I have too much to say about that. I will say it's my favourite, I think it's my favourite like piece of music over opening titles that I can think of. Um, like be my baby with the like the kind of like the home video footage. I, yeah. Like I really I like the transition of where Kaitel's in bed and then like the kind of the, the track starts and then the cut to the opening titles. I I don't know. I, it's perfect. It's I you know Scorsese's use of music is so fully formed already in mm. Mean Streets. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, with Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, you have an idea of the cinephile in it in, with, yeah. with, like, the, the opening of Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Um, but with this, you get the, the, the full audio file of, of Scorsese. And, I mean, I, mean, I mean, in terms of, like, source music there, but then in Taxi Driver, you get the audio file version of him loving classic scores. Yeah. You know, with like Bernard Herrmann's. Like, obviously, it wasn't a classic score at the time, but like the kind of the jazzy, laid back, like using Bernard Herrmann, you know? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's just, it's amazing how Scorsese that film is so early on in his career. And yet, even t- like 20 years after, it still didn't feel played out. You know, you, you look at Casino. Yeah. And it's a really different film visually, but yeah, it still feels like as Scorsese as Mean Streets. There's there's an ethereal quality to his like gangster ish films that it, they just all connect, even though they're not all the same. I, I, they're, yeah. they're, they're wonderful. They never feel. They never feel derivative of each other. It's it, 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 it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it never feels like he's it, it, going back to sort of a safe home. They all feel like they have their own story and their own point. I mean, it, it's what I, I think is incredible about Scorsese is Scorsese made Mean Streets, which is not only a great movie, it's a fucking cool movie yeah, as well. Totally. It, I mean, it, oh, Johnny Boy's intro with oh, Jumping Jack Flash playing. It's it's incredible. Like you say, uh, it, the use of his use of music it is is incredible. Um, and I don't think he he doesn't seem to get the the, the the praise for it or the recognition for how well he uses music as much as other directors. Um, you know, do get constantly fucking praised for it. But then when you look at that. He made that then, uh, in what, 72, I think Mean Streets was, wasn't it? Uh, and then you look, flash forward, like, 40 years to um, to it making something like Wolf of Wall Street, where, again, there's some great music cues in there. Um, and you look at it going, that's the same guy who's made these two movies, and you can tell because there's a visual style to it. But Scott is in his 70s, and he's not only still making 
great fucking movies, which were constantly told people in their 70s can't make great movies anymore, which is utter fucking bullshit. Mm. Not only is he making great movies, he's making cool fucking movies as well, because Wall Street is a fucking cool movie. But the other thing is, he's also, as well, making fresh movies, movies that feel like they've got something to say, and that have that kind of an idea and a story and have still got a voice and still feel new uh, and magnificent. It's it's crazy. He, you know, he's the one director there that I, I look at and go, I just cannot wait, cannot wait for, for that that next film because you know if, if he if Scorsese came out and just said, look, that's it, I'm not going to admit to make another movie. It'd be a fucking, it would be genuinely shit. He's going to be doing this shit on his deathbed, I think. Like he's got, he's he's still got the fire in his belly. Well, I, I, I read an interview where um, he, he said that he was he was he, he wanted to retire and he was going to retire uh, before he did Wolf of Wall Street. He was still going to make films, but they were going to be documentaries. He wasn't going to do another feature film. Uh, and then DiCaprio was saying, "I, I really, I, really I, I think we could do something with this. I really want to do this." And he's going, "No, no, no I'm not, I'm not sure." He's like, nah, I really, really want to do this. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. So he went, all right, I'll, I'll go and find somebody else. And Scorsese, I think, was talking to Harvey Keitel about it. Um, and he t- said, the only problem is, you know, with him going off and finding somebody else, is the problem is he might find somebody else. If he finds somebody else, that means I don't get to make it. Yeah. He said, I can tell it. so hang on a minute, you want to make it, but you don't want to make it. And he went, no, I really want to, I really hope he doesn't find anyone else to make it, so I have to make it. Yeah. And in the end, he went, he said, Kaitel just said to him, just fucking make the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right up and said, yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> so it, it's amazing that enthusiasm. Like you say, he's somebody who adores cinema and that, that's great. But you were saying you, you, there was a, an interview podcast he does with... Oh, man, yeah, yeah, Spielberg. yeah. Uh, what was it again? Cause it's, I, I, it's the DGA's podcast. It's called The Director's Cut. Yeah. Um, and it like I, I just discovered it last week. And the first fucking episode was Scorsese interviewing Spielberg about Bridge of Spies. Um, like the second episode is in a Ritu interviewing Guillermo del Toro about Crimson Peak. Um, you know, I mean, you've got... Um, oh, let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. Because that's fucking... That's cool, that. Yeah, I, it's just like the DGA, I think, around awards season, just like do these screenings with these Q&As of directors <laughs> interviewing each other. And the good thing there is um, Scorsese and, uh, and Spielberg have known each other since the you know the early days, haven't they? They, you know, they, they used to hang out with the yeah, same people, yeah, totally, yeah. hang out at the same parties and shit like that. So they've both sort of seen each other's careers kind of grow, and they've grown in very they've both grown in very different oh. kind of directions as well. No, I mean here we go. Nolan interviewing Tarantino about <laughs> Hateful Eight. Oh fuck! I bet that's. Shit, I am listening to that tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, um, Lawrence Kasdan interviewing J.J. Abrams about Force Awakens. Uh, Darren Aronofsky interviewing Inaritu about The Revenant. Paul Thomas Anderson interviewing Adam McKay about The Big Short. Jonathan Levine interviewing Tom McCarthy about Spotlight. And Kelly Reichard interviewing Todd Haynes about Carol. Like, that's that's some that's some good listening. Yeah. Um, may, not, maybe not Boaz Yakin speaking to Peter Landisman about Concussion. I think I'd probably skip that one. No, and, that'd give me a concussion. Uh, yeah, well, no, quite. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a really, really, really good um, interview as well. The, um, the, the Spielberg Scorsese one, it's really fun. 
Uh, they've they've got like they they just like you say they're pals and they obviously care for each other. And Scorsese seems to have genuine affection for Bridge of Spies. Like he's not putting it on. So it's yeah, it's it's a really good like it, podcast so far. Yeah, and I think I remember seeing somebody talk. I can't remember who it was was talking. About. It might have even been Spielberg at some point uh, in a thing about uh, Scorsese, and they were saying that, that one of Marty's great fucking things is. He very, very, very rarely ever dislikes a movie. Mm. So he, he'll start talking, and you'll sit down, and they'll be talking about a film, and you'll go, "Ah, oh, you know, he must be talking about you know this incredible new movie." And then he'll say what it is, and you'll be like, "Really, Beethoven three? <laughs> what the fuck, Marty?" Yeah. But he'll just he'll find something. He's just he's he's got that that love for kind of the whole the whole thing, which is incredible, really. I mean, like the the day he dies, it just it feels like. Film Twitter is going to be in mourning for weeks. I, 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 I fuck! It, I will. I, yeah, I will. I, I will. I won't even be able to go on anything social media because if it, if one person sort of goes, well, yeah, but you had a minute. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's just what is what's the one film you watch like that night? The one film I watched that night. I. I that's it. It's, it's not, maybe not what is, what is your best Scorsese. It's what's your defining Scorsese, ah. I suppose. I'd, I'd have to double bill it. It'd be Taxi Driver uh, and Wolf. I'd be my two. I'd be tempted to go Shutter Island just because it's so referential. Search around is fucking great. You know, like, it's oh, so good. It, like, it just, that is, his, that, his love of filmmaking is in full force there, you know. Yeah. And, I don't know. For me, maybe Hugo. Uh, like, it's yeah, just, you love that film, don't you? Oh yeah. my god, I fucking love Hugo. Um, god, I haven't seen that for a couple of years. I need to get on that. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Mean Streets. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. I bought it for a fiver on iTunes. So uh, there you go. Oh, um, oh, is that? Oh, it was great. Um, oh, it actually looks really good in HD as well. It's worth saying. Is it? Um, oh, cool. Nice. Um, okay, and the last thing I got to talk about um, it was on Mubi. Uh, I thought I'd uh, test myself. Jean-Luc Godard's Weekend. Oh, yeah, Godard. Wow. Only took me three days to get through it. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not even saying I hated it. I actually quite I quite liked it. Um, it's only an hour and 45 minutes long, but I just, I had What's to... It? I only had to, I, I really, I just had to watch it in bits. Like, it just, it's, it's quite, it's quite difficult to get through, but it's good. Um, so basically, the story is this like this couple who hate each other um, are, are going away for the weekend to basically murder one of their dads so that they can claim his money, and then they both basically plan on killing each other. Um, but along the way, it kind of seems like the world is ending, but not in a like. Not in a like apocalyptic way, just in a everything's kind of turning to shit, and everybody's just getting really, really, really annoyed with each other, uh, and, and I, I don't know, people just everybody has a different agenda, and everyone's turning on each other. It's I don't know, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, there's a those who've seen it will know what I'm talking about. There is a take where it is an uninterrupted take of what feels like a solid few miles worth of traffic and it's just going along the road 
with traffic and like weird like people like driving boats and animals all over the place and cars crashed like all over the place but it just in one uninterrupted take and you're just watching it waiting for it to end it's like when is this this is interesting but when the fuck is it going <laughs> to end is it is it going to get to the point of where it's no longer interesting and i'm starting to get pissed off yeah it's it, but it gets there and then it kind of goes back on itself because then it, then it just continues going. And it's like, right, okay, this is actually interesting how annoying this is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's... The thing is, that's this film. It's really annoying in parts and it's really slow. And not an awful lot happens. And Goddard is taking his time and basically like taking the piss out of you. There's, I mean, there's a moment where... Um, it, it essentially the, the 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 man and the wife they get on this truck and there are these two guys on the back of it and there's a a, a, a black dude and an Arab as they call them in the film um, and the like you just get the the black guy eating a baguette and like the Arab the the Arab guy is doing a voiceover where he's say where he's saying. I will be speaking on behalf of my friend here. And then it just goes on like a, a, like a good five or six minute monologue about their political views. And then it switches and it's the other one. And then he's just staring at the screen while the other one goes on about his political point of views about the guy on screen, but it's the other guy actually talking. And it's that for like five or six minutes. And it cuts to the man and the wife watching them looking bored as shit and like the wife like taking a drag of a cigarette and then the, the man just like grabbing the cigarette off her and taking a drag as well, just looking really bored. And it's like, is Goddard actually trying to say something with these points of view or is he just trying to say, this is fucking boring, isn't it? This is <laughs> really boring. But you're watching this film because you're pretentious. Yeah. And I'm going to make you watch all this stuff and you're going to pretend that you're liking it. Because you're not like these people on the screen who are bored, are you? No, no, no. You're better than them. But you know what? No, you're not. You're not better than them. You're bored as shit. And I'm making you watch this because I'm John Luke Goddard. Fuck you. Well, that's that's always that's been kind of my issue with God. I think with God, it, it, you know, but it's good. I enjoy that. That's the thing. I enjoy the uh, enfant terrible kind of uh, agent provocateur aspect of that. I completely tuned out, but when it cut to the man and the wife looking bored as shit as well, it just kind of opened up new, what is he actually doing here? It's playful. It, it is, yeah. I, 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 say, I think it's one of those ones where you either... Because there are people out there who, who, who fucking swear by him and absolutely adore him. Um, and I've always found him a little bit like... When I first started sort of watching sort of a few of his films, I was like, "Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's, it's got all this meaning and it, it's fantastic and it's something like that." And as I got a little bit down the road uh, and I got a little more sort of confident in my own kind of film views, it was like, "Do you know what? It's actually it's okay to go. Do you know what? It's not for me. It's not for me. If people like it, people get some out of it. That's brilliant. It's great, you know. And that's the fucking great thing about cinema. I just think a lot of the time it, it is wankety bollocks. Um, a lot of the time." But then again, I think Goddard thinks a lot of it's wankety bollocks as well. This is it. You know, I get, I get the impression that but he's what, what he's doing. 
I mean, it's the most French film ever French. It's, <laughs> it's, it is incredibly French. It's, it's amazing. It's just people looking cool and getting pissed off with each other <laughs> for like an hour and 45 minutes. And I, that's a bit, I quite enjoyed it, but it's a slog. It's a, it's a really weird paradox, that. But I'm never going to watch it again, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think you can find that a lot of the time with those same films. Yeah, I think because I watched I watched it years years ago, but I think I watched it the same weekend as I watched Betty Blue. So I had like a big thought of Francophile uh, weekend. I think I watched about four or five different French films uh, that weekend, <laughs> uh, and I'd still quite enjoyed Betty Blue. And uh, they haven't seen it in about ten years, to be honest. Um, no, fuck it. Actually, I watched it about four years ago when they brought out that special edition director's cut Blu-ray, which oh, was yes. long. It was a long film anyway, but I think that was nearly th- near three hours long, which was too much blow, to be honest. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, is that, is, that, is that all yours then? Yeah, it's worth saying, uh, it's on Mubi. Um, they've got a, a few, they did like a Goddard triple bill, and they've got a Band of Outsiders, um, uh, or Band of Outsiders on there, which I'm, um, I'm going to be watching at some point um, before it leaves Mubi. So, uh, yeah, worth a go. Um, yeah, that is it. Cool. Um, right, I'll go go through mine. Uh, also, continuing the, the theme, I watched 16 Candles. Um, it's, if you're going to sort of pair it in with that kind of uh, group of John Hughes movies, it's the one I probably like the least, but it's still really entertaining. Um, it's just, it, it's slightly more sort of playful than the others and feels a little bit more kind of, it feels a little bit more dated and emotionally dated um, to, than, than sort of like things like, for instance, Breakfast Club, or even Weird Science, funnily enough, or um, Pretty in Pink and those type of movies. Um, I rewatched. Uh, which one shall I go for? I rewatched uh, My Cousin Vinny, which I, I bought for four ninety nine on iTunes the other day. Um, and I remember watching My Cousin Vinny uh, for, for the first time. Actually, I watched it on Laserdisc um, right. years and years ago. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying it, and then I bought it on DVD in um, in Asda for like three quid, and watched it then, and enjoyed it then, uh, and thought the night's right. Well, I've, I've bought it for ninety nine. Give it a go. It, it's it's a it's a harmless, entertaining movie. Um, and then it, it's one of those films where I start watching it and go, "This is punchy as fuck." This movie. It, it is constantly tr- just little, not massive guffaws, but just little laughs. All the way through it, and it's it's one of those movies that gets that once you know the ending, or once you know that the ending, once you know what's what's happened, what's going to happen, it grows as a movie. It benefits from sort of repeat watches because you can start to go, ah, that's why that happened, and that's that dropping that there, and everything like that. And it's have you ever seen my cousin Vinny? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and you know the performances are all fantastic. Everyone's you know. Everyone's amped up to a certain level uh, of ridiculousness, but it, everyone's in the same bracket of ridiculousness, so it never feels out of place or strange. Every character is kind of is blown up. If you've got that fucking reality clock, where you know a standard film is like one, two o'clock, everyone's at about sort of four o'clock. So they're not quite into fucking cartoon spoof territory, but they're they're on that cusp of almost you know, of almost kind of parodying uh, the ridiculousness themselves. Uh, but the script is just incredible. I mean, I think it got nominated for for, for best uh, best original screenplay, and of course, Riz um, Tomei won best supporting actress for it in, in what is just an insane performance in one of the really early films. But yeah, it, it's a uh, four ninety nine. I, I will easily get four ninety nine's worth of uh, watching out of my cousin Vinny over the 
that however many years before it is that fucking digital turns from digital on my Apple TV to literally I want my watch my cousin Vinny and then it's just in my fucking brain yeah, that I watched apples. it yeah, totally. yeah. Um, so yeah whenever that fucking happens um, it's going to be strange imagine what Paul's going to be like when it's like that it's going to be fucking strange well I mean, um, I, I mean I'm quite looking forward to like if they try something with VR where like you put it on and then it's almost like you're sitting in a cinema or something like that or it's yeah. just really really big like up in your face projected i think that could be that could be the like a, a, a way to go i mean i think 4k is going to be the next thing but i'd like to see someone try that you know i mean like playstation vr's out in a few months and it would be interesting to see if they if they do something like that did yeah. you oh, did you see this they've done a fucking vr thing of like that it was in a promotional time with the walk no. Where it's like, it's like you like going on it, and there's a YouTube video of it of people just shitting themselves. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good sort of one to choose, I suppose, for that really, because because of the fact that it is that kind of thing, and it? it is that you know a lot of people said just from yourself included from from just watching the movie, it, 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 you feel like you're there. It feels fucking. It feels sort of nauseating almost, and I think sort of quite a lot of people who saw it. On IMAX said it was it was quite intense, so that kind of thing kind of works for it. I think certainly. Yeah. Then again, I mean, like, I'm just looking forward to the John Wick VR game they've announced. <laughs> yes, that'll be amazing. Oh yes, that will be good. Yeah, um, yeah. What else I watched? Uh, just watched. Uh, I, I mentioned um, in my first episode, look at all my shit. Um, one of the films I pulled out, which I, I promise you, I don't know what's in those. From when I flip off the lid, I look at it, and there's a because they're in layers. There's two layers uh, on top of each other. So the first layer, I can look at it and go, "Oh, that's in it. That's in it. Wonderful." And then the, the second layer, I just don't fucking know. One of the films I pulled out was Little Miss Sunshine, which is a film that I I really enjoyed when it, when, it, when it came out, but I'd not watched it since probably the day I bought that. DVD. Yeah, how does that hold up? Yeah. Um, I rewatched it um, today actually. Um, it holds up really, really well. Oh, okay. uh, really well. A lot better than I was expecting because I didn't. I really liked it in the cinema. Really liked it in the cinema. And I didn't quite like it as much on uh, when I brought it on DVD. But I think there was only about four months in between watches. So it's quite a quick rewatch, really. And now it's been, what, nearly ten years, nine years. Um, you know, well, it'll be ten years later on this year, but, you know, fucking nine and a half years, we'll say, since I, since I last watched it. And when you look back at it, the cast is incredible. You know, Greg Kinnear, um, Tony Collette, Paul Dano... Alan Arkin, Abigail Breslin, you know, who he's, I think you can count her as being a genuine, you know, actually it's probably her best film, which is insane, the fact that it was one of her first. Um, but as well, it's strange because that was, Steve Crow was quite new to us in 2005, you know, that was the year where he kind of, 2006, where he kind of arrived because you had the 40-year-old Virgin came out uh, and he had like, The Office I think started the same year, I think, or the year after maybe. Um, so, it was we only knew him from Brick in Anchorman and the Forty Year Old Virgin, so it was like, oh look, he's trying to be a series actor. And it's like, well, no, he's done this throughout his career. He's gone off and done, you know, more serious roles. And although he's actually quite funny in this, it's 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 great seeing him. He's fantastic in it. He really is. When you go back and look at it, he is brilliant. And Paul Dano is you know incredible. He has that the great scene where he where he finds out he's colorblind and then he's shit to get out. It kind of 
that kind of still hits you. Uh, it works really well. I think the, the great thing about it is it's short. It, it, it's, it gets in, gets its shit done, and gets the fuck out of there. Uh, but while it's going, it, it adds to that road trip and that everything's frantic and everything's on a time scale. It's wonderful. And I, I really, really enjoyed rewatching it, actually. I was, quite, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed rewatching it, which was nice. Um, also rewatched uh, Fight Club. Haven't seen this one in, in a long, long time. Uh, but adore Fight Club. It's an incredible movie. Uh, interestingly, I think Fight Club is the first film, uh, first 18 movie I legitimately went to see. Um, where I didn't pay for another movie and then just fucking walk into another 18 rated movie. I actually paid to go and see Fight Club uh, when I was like 16 and got in and was like, fucking hell, I, I don't look 18, I'm fucking 16, clearly. Mine was scary movie. Good was it? Good work, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but I remember um, really, really looking forward to, to, to Fight Club and, and been amazed by it at the time. And sort of my fear of with Fight Club... Um, has always been shit. What if I go back to it and it's dated horribly and it looks like crap or anything like that? I was really worried and I thought, well, it's not going to look like crap because it's Fincher and Fincher's films don't look like crap. They look great, with exception maybe of Panic Room. Uh, but I was I was worried that that I held it in such high regard that maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't still hold that. And I was fucking wrong. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's got that great nihilistic anarchy to it and that almost that massive sort of fuck you level of you can imagine that's that's fincher it's got so much fincher in it it's you know he definitely found like a uh, in chuck Palin, he definitely found like a kindred spirit of this guy who wanted to essentially make a movie and then throw the biggest fucking movie star in the world at the time probably brad pitt and you know the the up-and-coming you know this is this is where you know all actors are pinning their hope on Ed Norton's going to be the bright fucking shine hope of acting. You know, it was just after he'd you know wowed everyone with the fantastic performance in American History X, um, and it, it, it's just this crazy movie that ended up you know no one could quite work out what was going on and why why it, it, it's such a mean. It was it, it it became like a cult movie instantly, which very few movies managed to do that. Uh, but it's it is incredibly good and I know that's fucking that's not really saying anything like same thing as you were saying with, with Main Streets you can't really tell people Fight Club's good everyone fucking knows it's good but yeah I was again it, it was it was fantastic to go back and watch it and probably probably up there it was one of my top two or three endings to a movie ever uh, and if you're talking about like musical cues once Picks is uh, where my mind kicks in at that moment and the buildings start falling down you know you're almost it's weird because you're waiting for that moment and you're going I'm just waiting for that and it happens and you just go oh my god that's fantastic yeah. that's just yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's just it's perfect it's it's those are the fucking moments that you watch all of the shit you watch for it's just in case you get one of those fucking moments where you go oh that's wonderful yeah. that's that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's magnificent um, and yeah it, it, it's, it's incredible uh, also as well it is. You can see it never would have happened, but Brad Pitt has never been better and will never be better. And I think Brad Pitt's a good actor than that. He's magnificent in that film. Uh, it's insane how good he is. Uh, and the final one I rewatched, I, I rewatched Interstellar uh, the other day because oh, I yeah, okay. on what I said. Um, and it's one of those movies where the more I watch Interstellar, the more I, I fall in love with it. 
absolutely uh, and wholeheartedly. Um, it has become one of those movies I was saying to Becky because Becky's a little bit she likes it but is uh, has issues with it. Uh, and I'm I'm at a point now in Interstellar where most movies, if other people don't like them, I'll say why. You know, why don't you like it? And I'm not trying to convince other people I like movies that they don't like because people don't like movies. Uh, but with Interstellar, I'm very much at the point of where if I say, oh, you know, Interstellar thinks it's a fantastic movie, and they go, I don't like this, I will stop them and go, fine, it's fine. I don't mind that you didn't like it. That's not a problem. I'm not going to convince you to like it. But I will stop you there and say, I couldn't fucking care less why you don't like it because you're not going to convince me of it. Because all you're going to convince me to do is you're actually going to nod and go, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm either going to be a little bit drunk and go, yeah, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Or I'm going to be not drunk enough and just go, mm, mm, and just secretly in my head be going, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. I, I don't, the only thing I'm going to do is convince me to watch Interstellar the minute I get home. Just, just to watch it and go, yeah, I knew you were a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's fantastic. Uh, the score is incredible. It looks magnificent. It is one of those films where, when I'm watching it, I'm constantly going, why did I go and see this more at the cinema? Why did I only see it once at the cinema? Why did I go and see it more? Because it's really long. I don't care. I would have still gone and seen it. <laughs> it, it, it do you know what? If, it, I said to me, it's, uh, if let's say, for instance, in some fucking weird world, somebody went, do you know what? We're going to show Interstellar once a month at two in the morning on a Tuesday. We're going to show Interstellar once a month, two in the morning on a fucking Tuesday, right? And they're going to go, nobody will come to that. There'll be somebody who will go, I know one guy who'll be yeah, there every yeah, week yeah. and it'll be me. I'd yeah. be there every week and people will go, why, 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 is, why, is Mark, why can't Mark ever, ever do anything on a fucking Tuesday night? Oh, he goes and watching Interstellar. But... At the cinema at two in the morning, at till five in the fucking morning. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how fucking down the fucking rabbit hole I have gone with that movie. Yeah, um, good on you. It's magnificent. It, it, it's it's one of the reasons I I, I I fell in love with cinema. It is just it's fantastic. And like I say when people say, "I oh, what about the Doctor?" I don't care if you didn't get that bit. I don't know because I did. Whereas if you want to start, if you want to argue about a movie, let's bring up fucking First Blood. Then we'll argue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah, that was that was my watch. I watched quite a lot this week. You fucking watched a shitload, mate. Fair play. Yeah, it's just quite. I, I don't know why. I think. I, do you know? No, I do know why. Because I had points where I started watching some at eight o'clock, and it finished at ten o'clock, and I could go, "Should we watch something else?" Because I narrowed my scope of choosing down from every fucking thing. <laughs> to these 25, 30 movies. And yeah. it works really, really well. And if there was some where I thought, do you know what I really fancy watching tonight? What I do is I buy it on my phone, so by the time that we put the Apple TV on, I can go, oh, what about bar? Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I can get around it that way. So, yeah, so that was a good, good way to do it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we've had any questions, to be honest, or any sort of feedback, so uh, there's nothing to answer there. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, what have we got coming up on the YouTube channel uh, this, this weekend? Uh, I think it's the huge, isn't it? It's uh, another Let's We Get Physical. I think it's going to be another look at all my shit. There is, indeed. I, I shall hope you're recording it tomorrow. And now I... Um, I, I had a little bit of a thing when I, I recorded it, because it was 26 minutes long. I couldn't upload it from my iPad. So then I had to transfer it from my iPad to my laptop and then edit it there and then put it on. But 
I didn't get any time from Tuesday <laughs> until yesterday to do any of that. So it was quite strange. But now I know that, I, that that's how I can do it. I can fucking fire them off. That's, the thing, that's why Let's We Get Physical was, um, uh, was late this week because I've had family here for the week. And then yeah. my sister left on Friday, so it was just my mum on Saturday. So then I just like excused myself for an hour, recorded the thing, like uh, uploaded it, you know, so... Yeah, so hopefully it'll be more back to like a Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Yeah, the other thing is, another weird thing, uh, straight about it is, um, I started uploading it uh, when I was at work, and our work telephone line and broadband line has been severely affected by the floods that we had, mm. so it's still not back up and running properly. Uh, went to upload it, clicked upload, uh, let it go, uh, went made myself a coffee at work, came back. Looked at the computer screen. Three hundred and thirty-four minutes remaining. It takes fucking ages to upload stuff to YouTube. So with that, I thought, right, shit. There's no point in waiting because that's far too long, and I'll, I'll, I'll have left work by that point. So I stopped it. Went to upload it at home. Exactly the same file on exactly the same laptop, but on my home thing. Put it on. Thirteen minutes done. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I mean, mine takes oh, mine takes a while. Um, like, but. I, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. To be fair, but I, I, I think maybe Donna was like streaming on Netflix at the same time or something, and that kind of like does it. But yeah, but yeah, actually, I, like Lottie watches a lot on Netflix at the moment, like kids stuff on Netflix. So yeah. that might be it as well. But yeah, anyway, more, uh, more stuff this week and next week. I think Noel's going to be on. I think. Yes, I think he is going to be on with us. Join us for uh, Deadpool, a review that we're all we've been looking forward to for ages, haven't we? Let's yeah, man, we've been uh, talking about that fucking film for I don't know how long, and it's finally bloody here. Yeah, I've got so much goodwill to, towards that film that even if it's like a fucking two out of fucking five, it'll it'll get goodwill fucking points for me. And a couple of those ones where at the end of the year I'll rewatch it and go, yeah, it wasn't as good as I maybe said it was. Uh, it's going to have to be really shit for me to not love it. Reviews I, are very positive. Reviews are really positive. Uh, and a few sort of negative reviews are from people who, um, who are fucking... Minge face, minge face bastards. Um, so I don't give a shit about their opinions. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a lot to talk about, and hopefully, we'll there'll be other stuff on the uh, YouTube channel for you to listen to. So that was episode one four six. Thank you very much for listening, people. Ian, anything else to oh, add? Uh, no, I think we're good. Cool. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.